Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Well, hello, Lister. Welcome. Episode 25 of the Magnificently Huge Podcast. This is Chris. Uh, this was uh, my go-around this week. A little, uh, little subject that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, this the weirdness that is the movie sequel. Uh, so, the fellas and I kind of pontificate on all matters related to sequeldom. Uh, specifically, we're going to kind of delve into movies that shouldn't have had sequels but did get them uh and then also talk about movies that were big popular and never got them for whatever reason they just never appeared just nothing zip zilch uh so we'll talk those two extremes and then fill in the middle like a giant oreo cookie uh full of podcast how's that sound good well, all right. Join us then for episode 25, where we're going to drop some deuces on you. Uh, and I mean sequels. Get your mind out of the gutter, people. We're, we're a family show. Seriously. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for stopping by. And, you know, if you're thinking of it, uh, drop us a line at uh, huge at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Suggestions, comments, uh, anything, really. We just want to hear from you folks, because, you know, if you're hearing our voices, then you're, you're listening, and we just want to interact with you, you know? Uh, that's just our thing. But you can also hit us on the socials. We're on uh, Twitter, at MagHuge. We're on Facebook, at MagnificentHuge. You know, we, we post stuff for you. Uh, if you want to help us out, go over to those things uh, and like them. You know, follow us. Interact with us. Give us comments. Like us. Like I say. It's just, you know, it's, it's social. It's media. Put them together, it's social media. We also have an Instagram thing, which is amazing and uh, hardly used. So you can enjoy that, too. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, I'm going to get you on to the show here now. So uh, without further ado, here's episode 25, all about sequels. Bye-bye. Hey, we're back! That was a good intro. Uh, how's everybody today? Very good. Very chilly. It's very chilly here in Portland. Is it chilly because you live in the land of port? It's, it's chilly. Oh, wait. My microphone has turned completely around. Let me try that. <laughs> there we go. It's chilly. It's very chilly. Why don't you introduce yourself, sir, for those who don't know? <laughs> I'm Eric. Okay. Hello, Eric. I'm do that again. That sounded like way too... <laughs> what? I'm Eric. Hi, Hi Eric. I'm Eric. Hi. And then this is Chris uh, over here, and then our third compatriot. And I'm Brian. Hey, Brian. When Eric says the word chili, I'm reminded of a, a moment when uh, I'm at a restaurant with my wife, and um, the, this guy is bussing the tables, uh, and he's in a section that's closing. He doesn't realize he's like right across a half wall from customers, I guess, or he just doesn't care. And, you know, it's a... It's, uh, bar restaurant and um chili peppers are playing and he starts singing this song he goes this is a chili pepper song it sounds like all the other ones chili 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 pepper chili pepper chili chili pepper song well he's not wrong for fuck's sake and so uh. so the word chili now every time i hear it i just hear that guy chili chili uh. and that's all i've got well I think we can just call it a, a day on that one. Thanks for yeah, listening, everybody. Uh, Podcast. That's a winner. That's uh, why he was doing it. He wants to get a cheap laugh. He probably does it every hour. Yeah. <laughs> it worked. Well, I think that's a good segue into the uh, the Merd Frosh, as I like to call it now. Still, uh, yeah, but we're it's still with Merd Frosh. Well, you know, we mix it up. I like I like French words. Chevrolet Coupe is a good one. For new listeners, this is fresh shit this shit is fresh this is where we discuss uh media we have consumed in the last four or five days yeah you want to lead off brian 
I feel like it's going to be me and Eric because this is the week that I finally saw something rotten in the theater Ooh. and been waiting for Eric's impressions now that I'm right. in on the gag. Okay. So I can just talk about well, it without if, Chris. If you can keep it under five minutes, then that'll be good. I think I can. <laughs> okay. Uh, I didn't like it. I, I was told that it was wacky and crazy and zany and like very meta and it wasn't. It was a two act musical that was self-conscious. And if it wanted to be like wacky and zany and meta, then it needed like 10 or 12 acts. Like the, the climax of this play should have been the first funny thing that happened. And then things should have continued to happen like that throughout the show. Instead, it was just a very standard musical that takes place in Elizabethan England uh, with a guy who's trying to get the first musical made. And he's, a peer and competitor of Shakespeare's and he hates Shakespeare right. because he's always so successful. Oh God, I hate Shakespeare. That's right, I said it. No. I do, I hate Shakespeare. Why? I just don't get it how a mediocre actor from a measly little town is suddenly the brightest jewel in England's royal crown. Oh God, I hate Shakespeare. And he consults, I don't want to give too much of it away because there are some fun things if you want to go see the show. Uh, but he... He consults Nostradamus and pays Nostradamus to tell him what's going to be the next big thing. And so Nostradamus pulls down factoids about stage musicals throughout time. And so really this whole thing serves as like a, it's like UHF for musicals, almost. Like they, they're pulling all sorts of references <laughs> to Shakespeare and other musicals. See, that would have been a good show because that would have been like <laughs> sort of a reference of all of the different musicals. Instead, it was just like a series of one-liner jokes that involved cats and, and Les Mis and Chicago. It was... Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying the back and forth here. This is like that scene from Kentucky Fried Movie where it's, you're so full of shit, Tom. Why don't you <laughs> sit and spin? I've been listening to that horse shit of yours for months. And you can take that crap and blow it out your ass. And for good measure, sit on this, John. I enjoyed it more than Eric did, which seems to be the way things go around here. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> so contrary. Well, I am just so contrary. But to be fair, Brian, you weren't really digging disaster movies quite the way Eric did. So No, that's true. That's true. With different tastes. Yeah. Okay, this was a funny show. It has... Every musical tries to have that one big showstopper number, and this one has three, um, none of which are up to, the, to the, the cream of the crop standard, which has to be the spooky Mormon hell dream number from Book of Mormon. Oh, God, how could I have done this to you? How could I break rule 73? And now my soul has just been thrown back into spooky Mormon hell dream. Oh my god, that is a showstopper. But this one does have the final showstopper is when they actually put on their play and the the ridiculous costumes and the ridiculous lyrics um and the tap dancing, it's uh it it really brought the house down. We also had a really good audience for it. Um let's see. Things things the the song that uh, we played a clip from last time when Eric saw it, the it's a musical song. I swear that song is specifically designed to be performed at the Tony Awards. <laughs> but not by Kevin Spacey. <laughs> no, no, the guy the lead guy in this, I guess he got awards for playing Charlie Chaplin on stage and his wife is actually his wife the uh, on on the tour. His, his wife in real life. Mm. But he looks like Paul Giamatti a bit. Interesting. Let's see. There, there's one other thing that this was a personal thing I wanted to call out, which is um, they do have a song and dance number about the Black Death. And I remember trying to be edgy and funny in high school in the 80s, deciding that, that someone should stage... All singing, all dancing, all dying, AIDS, the musical, in which uh, AIDS was personified by a little lady with a quilt that was thrown <laughs> over people. And she... So I was reminded of AIDS, the musical, by 
uh, something rotten. I was reminded of that when I went to see uh, uh, America Team America. Team, Team America, yeah. World Police, yeah. Everyone AIDS, has AIDS. AIDS, AIDS. Yeah. Everyone has AIDS. Everyone yeah. has AIDS. Something Rotten is a is a silly, light, fluffy little omelet of a show. That's what I'll say about it. A an effervescent concoction is what I'm hearing. Yeah, it it is utterly weightless, and it's it's pure junk food for theater people. Mm. But at least okay. they have tap dancing, and they have a tap battle instead of a rap battle uh, between <laughs> Shakespeare and this guy. It's kind of fun. Well. I'll wait for yeah. the movie. That's all I got. I just, okay. I just sat there going, I really, really thought this was going to be funny. I just was like, ah. I hate when that happens. Okay. You didn't, you didn't laugh for that last big musical number, really? No, I was waiting to leave, and I couldn't <laughs> oh, because I was there with a wife. <laughs> You're your own worst enemy. <laughs> You're probably gritting your teeth. Oh and probably yeah, just making all these exasperated noises out of your nose. I was actually writing a better show in my head. <laughs> you need a sound effect for Eric gritting his teeth. Yeah, I need to yeah. like go through the Hanna Barbera library yeah. looking for something. It'll be a good one. So that was something rotten. That was so that was the highlight. Yeah, the only other uh, thing I had this week we covered in a minisode. It'll be uh, well. Th- let's enlighten us so that we uh, we're not on the edge of our seats. Well. Thor Ragnarok. So if you haven't heard our mini-sode of Thor Ragnarok, go listen to it on your podcast app. And if you can't find it, then write us, uh, tweet at us on at MagHuge or email MagnificentHuge at gmail.com and yell at us for not making it available. And tell us if it's any good, because we haven't actually recorded it yet. No, Uh, but it's going to be... We're doing a little bit of time travel for this. It'll be the the best thing that we've ever done. I guarantee it. Yeah, <laughs> especially since uh, the way the time travel works is that I still haven't seen it yet, so it's going to be really interesting uh, to go over that. Yeah, and I'm just going to steer clear of the entire topic uh, okay. today because I don't want Eric's impressions yet. Right? Yeah, and I uh, yeah because he's not rich little. Let's just be fair. <laughs> we don't we don't need that shit. But I gotta say about Thor Ragnarok. I'm sorry, I have to say this. I I really did not like that they showed a full frontal nude Paul Giamatti. I thought that was weird. <laughs> I don't need to see his penis. That's and I all. hear when the when the alien bursts out of the Hulk's chest. I I heard that's a showstopper though. Yeah. Yeah, and and, okay. and and then then the alien has a tap battle with Thor. It was <laughs> hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my baby. Okay. Hello, my honey. Hello, my raccoon. Well, I don't need to see it now. But was that your only frost shit on your end, Eric? Was the the Ragnarok Ragnarol? Uh, yeah, yeah, that was pretty much it. I just <laughs> I just work and work and work, and occasionally get to watch something. You're a you're a slave. Almost done with uh, American Horror Story Cult, which is probably the best one so far. I really like that show. It's that's real popcorn because it's meaningless and it's done after a season and they have a whole new isn't, story. Isn't that the the guy that did Glee? Isn't that his other thing? Yeah, uh, okay. Brad something. What whatever. Brad. That's the same guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. and he also that doesn't make me want to see it anymore though. Yeah, <laughs> well, I've I've not watched any of it because I personally don't care, but. If you like that flavor, hey, roll with it. You yeah, do you. it's pretty good. I mean, like, he's very hit or miss with that show. But he also did uh, People vs. O.J. Simpson with that American Crime Story series uh, okay. he has. Yeah, I missed that one, too. Maybe it's just, I don't know. I'm not his demo, maybe. Yeah. But it's, yeah, okay. I've been watching that. Anyway, nothing nothing too spectacular. Oh, okay. Eric, huh. I, do, I do need to recommend a Broadway show for you to go out and see. Uh, and that is A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. Oh, yeah. It's the story of a fellow who finds out that, um, unbeknownst to him, it's been kept a secret, he is eighth in line to succession to some um, to be the Earl of Dysquith or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so he starts plotting to kill all of the um, people in, people front of him. <laughs> in his way. And it's... It's really clever. The The music and the lyrics are really intricate, and it's hilarious. Also, all the dice squists are played by the same actor because they're inbred. Mm, that's funny. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, does, does the ninth one in line kill him in the end? Oh, I, I couldn't possibly uh, go any further. Okay, that's a yes. Would, into the would, story. You, would you instead sing a rendition of I Am Henry VIII? I Am? 
No, but I'll probably put a clip of a song called Poison in my pocket from that show into the into the podcast. Okay. I'm standing here with poison in my pocket, one eye on the target, one eye on the clock. It better happen soon before I lose my nerve and run. If I had a knife, I could have grabbed him, then discreetly knocked him on the head and stabbed him. Not to mention what I would have done if I had had a gun. My wife did tell me that you told her that uh, I she needs to take me to that because I'm not on yes. Facebook and I won't be. But that's that's how everyone gets in touch with me is through her. So that's true. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Tanya. We appreciate. That. Oh, ironically, she doesn't listen to the show. Well, can you can you blame her? She gives me a bunch of ideas for for shows we should do. Well, my wife is uh, the the same. She won't listen to the show, uh, but she'll filter ideas in. Yeah, uh, and her her reasoning behind not listening to the show is she's like, I gotta hear that bullshit all day long, <laughs> and I don't need to yeah. listen to it on online. The, the best was uh, an idea she gave me that like I I I tossed to you guys and we we sort of threw it around and we came up with a version of it. And then she told me, well, the thing is, she also, she hears me while I'm recording it. And so she said to me, yeah, my idea was better. What you guys did with it didn't work. I thought, (laughs) (laughs) having not heard it, I can just tell you for sure. I'm like, I I assure you, your your husband's third of this podcast is like the least entertaining part of it. You should listen to the whole thing. (laughs) My wife listens to the podcast. And yeah, she has ideas. We like her notes. We do. But uh, of all of, of all of our uh, spouses, though, she's got the weirdest connection because we actually all went to high school together. So true. It's, it's, so it sort of makes sense, I think, that she would get involved in that respect. Yeah, so, so she actually knows you. Yeah, this is like the only way she stays in touch with you, like listening to our podcast. <laughs> oh God! Well, I want to talk to you actually. <laughs> Sorry, Jolene, or anyone else. <laughs> well, excellent. She's the only other person on the planet left who would understand the joke. W-Y-O-M-I-N-G, Wyoming. <laughs> yeah, best musical ever. Chris, what about you? I'll be quick. My uh, my fresh shit is uh, Swift. Uh, I found on Hulu a documentary that just came on, I think, last week. I just stumbled across it just by accident, but it's called Too Funny to Fail. And it's a documentary about the weird failed experiment that was the Dana Carvey show back in 1996. Uh, ABC put this thing on. It had like eight episodes. They only aired seven. Uh, And it's notable because it's where Steve Carell and Stephen Colbert got their start. That was their first gig. Uh, But Louis C.K. was the the head writer. Uh, Robert Smigel was the showrunner who would later do Triumph, the Insult comic dog. Uh, mm-hmm. and Charlie Kaufman, uh, Academy Award-winning screenwriter Charlie Kaufman, uh, got his <laughs> seriously. Yeah, got his. I mean, it's like the most insane writers' room. So Dana Carvey is just poison, is is what we're saying. Well, no, it's I liked it when the show. All of this talent cannot overwhelm how much David Dana Carvey sucks. No, well, no, here's the was, thing: is it's it was done in prime time. It had Home Improvement as a lead-in, but they <laughs> went total like edgy, and like the ABC executives just didn't know what the fuck they were getting. I have and, not seen this documentary, but I remember yeah. watching the show and it was on. Yeah, and you well, and you like like talking with you on the phone afterwards and going, "Oh fuck, did they just they just yeah. burned their sponsors?" You yeah, know? well, that was the the first episode they let they let off their inaugural sketch was Dana Carvey doing a Bill Clinton impression uh, about the upcoming election in '96 and how he was, you know, basically all of the. The poll showed that he just he could win if he just didn't do anything good or bad, and <laughs> and then he started talking about how he, he had it had taken hormone treatments and so he had breasts to give milk so that he could nurture all of the <laughs> all of America and then he opens it up and he's like suckling a baby and then he opens it up more and then he's got multiple teats like a like an animal and then he's and then they start bringing in puppies and kittens and whatever and then he turns around and he's got like a uh, surgically implanted hen's ass so that he could uh, <laughs> hatch eggs. I mean, it was it went just from, from weird to weirder to bad to worse to what the hell is this? And literally in the, in the documentary, they talk about how they were getting the Nielsen ratings minute by minute. And it was literally like, oh, there goes six million viewers just turning everything off simultaneously. <laughs> and they actually could tell you about individual states. It was like, how's Florida? Florida's gone. Texas, 
Lights out, nothing, nothing. Something like six million people deserted the show within the first I don't know, five minutes. And I loved it. And then and Taco Bell was their uh, their sponsor. That was like a running gag where they were going to do like the old 50 shows where they would, every week was a new sponsor. So that was the first episode was the Taco Bell, Dana Carvey show. But Taco Bell pulled out because there was so much backlash for how weird it was. And so the next week they got mug root beer and then that one went away. And by the third episode, they were doing Mountain Dew and they did a whole musical number that were just basically the ingredients of Mountain Dew jumping into a giant can. <laughs> it was like, what the hell is this? All the ingredients, all the ingredients, all the ingredients of Mountain Dew. And we've got all the ingredients of a great show for you. I'm citric acid. I'm high fructose corn syrup. I'm sodium benzoate. I'm concentrated orange juice. I'm gum arabic. And I'm yellow lime. But it's notable for all of the talent involved that went on to become these massive scions of comedy these days so it's really weird but it's got one of my favorite bits ever which was a sketch with dana carvey and steve carell and they're called stupid pranksters and the joke is that they do stuff like go up to a drive-through fast food place and place a giant order and then go up to the window and then the guy's like that'll be 1350 uh and they hand him a 20 and he goes, I'll be right back with your food and your change. And then when he walks away from the window, they're like, go, 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 Florence. And then they just take off and they're laughing hysterically. It's the dumbest, dumbest thing, but it's so funny. So ask for it by name, but it's all on Hulu if you ever want to catch it. It's, it's quite funny. So that's my fresh shit. <laughs> I got nothing else. Okay. Do they, have yeah. the, do they have the original shows on Netflix now too? Yeah, they got all eight episodes. Or not, it's on Hulu, not Netflix. Oh. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's on Netflix. Yay! But yeah, you should watch it. Okay. Well, that leads us into tonight's episode of Barney Miller, where we're going to talk about (laughs) the weirdness of sequels, more specifically sequels that never happened. And we can discuss the sequels that should happen that haven't happened yet versus just weirdness that you might think would be fun for movies that have never had a sequel but should have one as well. And this came about because years ago I worked with a fellow, and I wish this was my idea, um, but it just killed me every time he would tell it. But he came up with an idea for a sequel to Roadhouse, the Patrick Swayze bouncer classic. Uh and it was called Roadhouse 2000, and it was set in the future. <laughs> but when he was telling me this, they, he came up with this idea in like 2002. So 2000 <laughs> was already gone. So that already made it amazing to me. But it was set in this like apocalyptic Mad Max type future. <laughs> and Patrick Swayze was a bouncer in some sort of like podunk watering hole in the middle of the desert and uh, had to take care of the, the deal. And through the course of the movie, you find out that Sam Elliott has returned to life as some sort of weird cyborg. So Sam Elliott didn't die in the first roadhouse. And so he's back in the gang. Uh, and then they have all kinds of wacky, weird post-apocalyptic adventures and the the clincher was he's like so Swayze gets his job back he gets his car back gets the girl back and Jeff Healy gets his sight back boom now Jeff Healy is the guy that plays the band in the roadhouse and he's blind (laughs) and so that was like the big kicker for me so roadhouse 2000 never happened and it never will but it always struck me as funny and so that was sort of the impetus for this (laughs) yes so there you go so and there was actually a roadhouse Two made eventually wasn't there yeah that was one of those that it's like the sequel in name only and it's like a i don't like an fbi guy goes undercover in a biker bar or some shit but it's one of those that has like the secondary title they've got like the two on the end but then it's like uh like they need to to spell it out. I think it's called like Roadhouse, Roadhouse Two Talladega Nights, yeah, or whatever. And then it was called Roadhouse Damn. Two Last Call, uh, whatever. So yeah, that's that's no go. So that was sort of the impetus is to to think of just the most ridiculous things that should get sequels to movies that never had them. Mm. Howard's End again. Howard's End again. 
where they go to Howard's End again, again, and only now it's the it's the kids of uh, Emma Thompson and, and Anthony Hopkins and being saying things to each other like, oh, 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 I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't know you were you were. Oh yes, well, perhaps you should have. You could do a prequel, Howard's Beginnings. I mean, that's that's an option. So yeah. That's the flavor. I also happened to grow, and this, I mean, there was a, there's a few out there that almost happened and never did. Uh, but the one that just struck me as just stupid, stupid, stupid was they actually had considered doing a sequel to E.T. Uh, after it came out. Like, Dear God, Spielberg no. and, and Melissa Matheson actually like got a, at least a story treatment together. <laughs> but it basically involved uh, evil aliens coming back to Earth, and they kidnap the kids from the the original film, and then ET has to come in and save them. And there was like some scene <laughs> where the kids are being tortured. I mean, it was like what? And I think it was they were gonna call it like ET Two Nocturnal Fears. Nocturnal Fears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from the people who brought you ET comes a movie that shows no understanding of what ET was yeah. or why it was good. You you enjoyed the feel good movie called ET. Now you're gonna shit your pants in terror. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. So that's dumb. Uh, so there's your there's your flavor, uh, if you will. I actually just came thinking of actual sequels that they made that they shouldn't have. That that works too. Okay, the two that come to mind immediately for me are uh, um, they made a sequel to Gone with the Wind oh. about 20 years ago. Oh, my God. That's, that's right. right. Called oh. Terra, which was you know the name of the, the, <laughs> the, the ancestral land in Ireland that that family came from. And then Rhett Butler shows up to win back the love of uh, Scarlet and... They, I guess some 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 idiot wrote it as a book and it caught on, and so they yeah. had to make a yeah. movie. Yeah, I remember and, when that came out. Yeah, and what's her name? Um, oh God, that woman who was married to Val Kilmer because he's got to make another appearance on her show. Joanne Wally. Joanne Wally. Yeah, Joanne Wally Kilmer was 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 Scarlet, and my favorite Bond. Oh, oh Dalton. God. Dalton was a Rhett Butler. I fucking forgot that name. That little stupid oh. mustache. Oh, fucking crazy. Thank you for bringing that up, you asshole. It's a kind of thing you want to watch just to go, dude, really? Because it, like, <laughs> it looks like a joke yeah. they did for Saturday yeah. Night Live. It doesn't look <laughs> like Yeah, they frankly, I don't it. give a damn about this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nobody does. Nobody yeah. does. <laughs> well, that reminds me of, uh, I read a, a book of interviews with John Carpenter back in like the early 90s. So it basically chronicled his career up to about Memoirs of an Invisible Man, which was just an awful, awful movie he made with Chevy Chase uh, that yeah. I would urge nobody to go see. Uh, yeah. But he, at some point, had been asked about sequels because Halloween had the requisite Halloween 2 that he was contractually obligated to make, and he didn't want to. And he was basically bitching about how sequels just were worthless because they were just total copies and retreads of what came before and served no story mm-hmm. purpose whatsoever. And that was about two or three years before he did Escape from L.A., which was just a total retread of Escape from New York. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like shot Suddenly for shot. he needed money. Yeah. And there goes integrity. I, I, I think that was really him sort of showing people, see, I was right. Yeah, you know, I don't think that was that was a, that was an accident. I mean, he gave, uh, oh god damn it, I can't remember her name. He gave the lead actress a wig so that she would look like Adrian Barbeau from the first. Apparently, one. Adrian Barbeau is in, and I'm gonna have to go watch that because there's the off chance she's gonna wear something sheer. Oh, she was like the the Italian woman, right? Yeah, uh, when it was in uh, Rain Man. Rain Man, whatever her name was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I've got a couple things. So um, another sequel that was made that shouldn't have been was Ghostbusters 2. Yeah, I had I had the noted that. The only good thing about that movie is when it starts and it's just that title card with the, the ominous, and it just says five years later, and then they roll into it. After that, it's all downhill. Yeah. But um, I've got a couple pitches for sequels that I do want to see. I'll give you the first one. Go for it. Um... Mega Shopping Mall of Horrors. So <laughs> it's a sequel. So Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, ends, okay. Okay. Right. Uh. And it ends in the in like the early 60s. And Audrey is still around. Audrey 2 is still around. So I'm saying let's see what happens from then. Let's get to like the late 70s. Okay. 
and let's <laughs> okay. have a sequel to Little Shop, but the late 70s allows us to have music that's like arena rock and disco and punk and even some early new wave. <laughs> I like it. I and like it. <laughs> yeah, mega shopping mall of horrors. There's, there's a movie here. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I had to think about it for a second, but yeah, I could totally see it. That sounds get- like it would be a good double feature with my idea, Honey, I Ran Over the Kids. <laughs> yeah. Well, either way, if it gets Rick Moranis out of retirement, you know, if, if Rick Moranis will come back. <laughs> no, honey, they're dead. They're really dead. We have to yeah, go. Squish the kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pack light. We got to go now. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, that works. That that's works. That's great. Uh, that's definitely would work better than when they did like Grease 2. Which oh, got, shit. Like, <laughs> how did I not think of Grease 2 for things that shouldn't I, have been made? I mean, like all the like if you look at the song listing, they're all basically just really super racy double entendre type things. Like cool it, writer. And and utterly unnecessary. I mean, yeah. just just that's the it is the worst sequel, I think, because oh, it's awful. they they didn't get whatever was good about the first one. They put in everything that was dumb about the first one. Yeah. And they said, Yeah, kids will buy this. They're fucking dumb. And nope. But yeah, it's because they've got the song Do It For Your Country, which is taking place in like the the nuke bunker. Yeah, let's do it for our country. Red, white, and blue. It's Uncle Sam who's asking, so your mother will approve. Which is just awful. And then they do like the big party song number. Uh, It's like Rock a Hula Luau. Complete failure, though, because every it seems like every girl I went on a date with in the '90s loved Grease too. Yeah, and that's what's weird is like, yeah, it's got this weird shelf life, and it's yeah. true. Every every girl I know essentially says that they love this movie, and I'm just thinking, how, who, how, what? I found out about this movie's existence from from such a girl, and mm-hmm. honestly, I've never actually watched it, and I've seen <laughs> you don't need. I've to. seen just enough of Do It for Your Country and some <laughs> other goddamn song I hated yeah. that I'm like, yeah, yeah. no. There's no amount of Michelle Pfeiffer that can make me watch this movie. <laughs> I know at least three human beings on this planet who had separ- who don't know each other, who at separate times in my life said to me this phrase, Oh, I love that movie. Cool <laughs> That's exactly how it goes what down. What the fuck? Is this- yeah. That's before the internet. There's no way they could have mm-hmm. gotten together mm-hmm. on this. Yeah, oh, it, it boggles. It makes me so sad. Well, it, at least it's better than... Uh, like 300 rise of an empire mm, like if you, did, have you, did you even bother with that it's, mm, it's essentially no. like the the naval war that took place while the spartans were off doing their thing against the turks <laughs> and it's like it's you, uh, like 300 doesn't even need to be in there it's just there to sell tickets yeah uh and eva green is like a an an evil i don't know naval captain whatever it's just yeah, yeah it's irritating uh i i would say also a bad bad sequels i would go with the 1989 batman which was no walk in the park but for its time it was kind of fun but every sequel was like successively worse yeah one after the other know. it's like they batman really Returns were like is great uh have you when's the last time you watched it seriously um maybe two years ago i watched it a couple years ago and i went whoa i i liked this i can't get through it now, so, you know, there's a movie I will definitely watch for Michelle Pfeiffer, but yeah. uh, <laughs> I I really liked it. The penguin, the bits with the penguin at the end uh, fall apart. That that much is true. But in general, I really like Batman Returns. Well, it makes me think of like sequels that never happened. Like speaking of Michelle Pfeiffer, like what would uh, like Fabulous Baker Boys two? What would that be like? <laughs> would that even be possible? Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it would. It would. It would. It would have to be fabulous, Baker Boy, because you wouldn't be able to get uh, Jeff Bridges to do it, but you could get Bo Bridges to do that's it. That's true. So it would just that's be true. Bo Bridges playing one piano, but there's two pianos, but he's only playing one of them, and he keeps explaining to people, "Yeah, my brother used to do this with me, but he's an asshole, and now you know, so we don't do that anymore." Baker Man, the, right? Yeah, like that. That's like that's why they didn't make you know middle-aged dudes in the hood 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, because you couldn't put a, you can't really put a Z on the end of that anywhere. Dudes, dudes. dudes. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, thanks, John but Singleton. Th- there is that, there is that whole thing. Like they've been doing the nostalgia thing, and they've been making sequels many years later. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. and like, Train Spotting too. How did yeah? Well, but to be fair, two, at least there was a book. Yeah. But how did how did Kingdom of the Crystal Skull get made? Why are they still talking about an Indiana Jones five after Kingdom I of the Crystal Skull? I like, honestly hang don't it the know. Fuck up, yeah. And and for God's sake, don't cast Chris Pratt in the the reboot role. <laughs> Just please, whatever you fucking do, don't. Well, yeah, he need, he's only Star Lord. <laughs> uh, but there, but there are certain like iconic movies that seem sequel proof, and that was the other side of this when I was uh, sort of looking at things. Like it would just never in a hundred years happen, and if it did, then everybody involved would have to get like shot, basically. Like like a movie like Ferris Bueller. Uh, there's no I, there's no way you, you know can do I have it. a pitch for Ferris Bueller, and it, and I can guarantee you that once you tell me, I will be able to tell you it's not going to work. <laughs> All right, <laughs> but so go ahead. Here's my pitch. All right. Wait, wait, wait. Ferris- I want to put some money on this because I think you can speak words that will make him not say that. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Ferris Bueller's midlife crisis. Okay, so Ferris not gonna work. is a paranoid, <laughs> overprotective parent. He's constantly overestimating how much his kid is up to. He's had it with his nothing job. He can't figure out why he ended up being the schlub and Cameron has passed him up in, in life. Yeah. So he ends up going off the rails. Is he balding? And through... He's Matthew Broderick. He doesn't <laughs> age as much as you'd like him okay. to. Okay. But, you know, he, he by going through his hijinks, he ends up in trouble with the mob, and he starts invading, <laughs> evading them as well as the feds. His sister ends up blackmailing him, oh. and he ends up, at the end of the movie, he ends up in the witness protection program, and the last shot is him getting settled into his new role as the principal of a high school. Life moves pretty fast, and if you don't keep moving, it'll get you. <laughs> there. Bow, bow. Chicka, chicka. Well, I would almost agree with you, but uh, and I'm going to blow your mind on this one because that sounds an awful lot like the treatment that they ca- caught up for uh, Mrs. Doubtfire two. Uh, so let me re- <laughs> let me read you the okay. let me read it to you and then just see if there's some similarities because you might have a future as a script doctor uh, after all this is said and done. Uh, but this happened in like 2003, uh, but it was decided that they were going to develop a sequel to. Mrs. Doubtfire, which is, if everybody's aware, it's 1993 cross-dressing comedy uh, with Robin Williams where he dresses up like an old lady because he's going through a nasty divorce with his wife and that's the only way he can see his kids. It's very creepy. Uh, And it was one of the first (laughs) internet things to happen on YouTube where somebody actually cut a trailer like a horror movie and it makes perfect sense and I would urge you to watch that. Hello? Hello? I'm calling in regards to the ad I read in the paper. Yes. Would you tell me a little bit about yourself? Oh, certainly, dear. The the sequel, Mrs. Doubtfire 2, it's three years uh, later, and Robin Williams uh, basically would follow his daughter to college uh, as Mrs. Doubtfire and spy on her through like a, a disguise like that. Yeah. <laughs> so he basically, it sounds like a big yeah. mama's house kind of thing i guess uh but that was everything about this is icky (laughs) so that's what your that's what your pitch makes me think of but didn't they also do like the was it i was i can't remember what was the super bowl commercial where they did a riff on ferris bueller as a middle-aged man at the office he bought it how can i handle work on a day like today one of the worst performances of my career, and he never doubted it for a second. Yeah, I think they actually did, didn't they? Hi, can I get my CRB yeah. brought up, please? So I, 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 I don't know if that actually counts, but it, it, it happened, so maybe. Well, I think Broderick. it's interesting that Matthew Broderick has actually said that uh, he feels the sequel to Ferris Bueller's Day Off is election. Right. That's true. Right. Where that, he is That's a true. Very yeah. true. That that's what happens to the the, the happy go lucky <laughs> yeah. swinging teenager who doesn't pay attention and sloughs through life <laughs> gets beat down. I love that yeah. movie so much. And there's always the shot with Reese Witherspoon, and every time he sees her, they do that weird Apache music. <laughs> <laughs> it really sets the scene. But yeah, I, I would I would buy that as a sequel. 
Mm. So, shit. There goes that one. <laughs> so, Eric, uh, do you have any other uh, sequels that haven't been made that should be made? Haven't been made, but should be made. None come to mind. I Or just stupid sequels to movies that haven't had any yet. Oh, 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 like like sequels to things that you know some asshole is going to try and make. Yeah, or has tried to make, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like a cash-in. Uh, yeah, Face Off 2, where they, it's like a completely different terrorist operation and a completely different cast, but it's the same idea because it worked so well the first time. Yeah. We'll take off your face and put it on his face. Exactly. Can we have three people with the faces rotating? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, Face Off. got to one-up it yeah, somehow. Three Face Offs. That's what you would and do. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking Johnny Depp and... Faces uh, Off. Who's another sort of on his way out actor? Uh, Kevin Spacey can okay. like switch faces and yeah, that would be great. Watching Johnny Depp doing an impression of Kevin Spacey for half a movie, <laughs> or yeah, or or you could get instead of two male actors, you do one male actor, one female actor, and then you can do like the the all of me riff. Oh, that'd be tight. The, freaky Facey, yeah, freaky that'd be tight. <laughs> freaky Facey, that's a good one. Face off two, Freaky Facey. <laughs> Oh, I, God. You know, now that I think uh, of it, a, a couple of sequels I don't understand, like Weekend at Bernie's 2, he's yeah, been yeah. dead for like an exceedingly long time, hasn't he? Rigor Mortis and a rocking, rotting smell. Yeah. Does that movie t- like take place the next day? Or like, I have no idea. Such I, a I've barely idea. seen Weekend at Bernie's, and I sure as shit didn't see the sequel. Also, they made The NeverEnding Story 2, which just sort oh, of Jesus. defies reality, oh, God, doesn't it? <laughs> exactly. Because if the first one it's is so never ending, you can't possibly do it a second time. It's like it's still going on. Yeah. How are you having a second one? Well, Which the- leads us to that some asshole is going to try to do Princess Bride 2, right? And they jolly well shouldn't. Is that, are you being serious or is that just a riff? Oh, I mean, it's a riff, but okay. my God. Cause it, I mean, they're making a Dark Crystal sequel, which shouldn't. Mm. Uh, um, uh, I could see that would happen. In, uh, but whatever. I, yeah. But, uh, um, but, but oh, what gets, uh, Wall Street Money Never Sleeps, that didn't oh, need to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, but what gets I me is... Well, that's because uh, Oliver Stone has no gas left in the tank, and so it's like... <laughs> please well, please let me have something that that uh, that's memorable uh, i'll give you a sequel to my old shit i don't care that reminds me of one of the skets mm-hmm. sketches in the uh, dana carvey show they did where it's oliver stone uh doing a movie about george washington but doing it like jfk <laughs> <laughs> and, and like uh what is it john hancock and uh i can't remember who else oh ben franklin are like homosexual lovers and, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just stupid. That just made me think of it. But yeah, don't make any more movies, Oliver Stone. Like he would, he ended up making, like they actually thought of one for, uh, Con Air as a sequel and we're going to call it Con Airport. <laughs> so it's basically no. John Cusack takes over as a, the, he runs the airport that's designated for all the airplanes that are ferrying all these criminals around and then mm-hmm. something goes wrong. <laughs> As, like, as no. they want to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, Human trafficking, the yeah. movie. That's nice. <laughs> well, I thought that the one that uh, that surprises me, is, since we're talking about Oliver Stone, is uh, they never made a sequel to Platoon. And if you do make a sequel to Platoon, you just have to spell it P-L-A, the number 200-N. Not Platrine? No, not Platrine. Not Pla-1, but Platoon. Yeah, we'll worry about that if this second one uh, meets expectations. <laughs> yeah. uh, but where, like, where would you set it? Like, would you do it? I don't know. Go, go like Full Metal Jacket on Grenada. it. Grenada. <laughs> no, that's a, that's Heartbreak Ridge. Then shit, they've already done it. Uh, uh, oh, it just hurts to think about Nicaragua. <laughs> I, oh, I, um, I'm trying to play to Oliver Stone here. The whole idea of even coming up with a joke sequel to Platoon is so speed two cruise control that I can't even wrap my head around it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay, I never watched speed two cruise control, but was there a gag like the boat had to go a certain speed? I don't I, I don't, don't know. know. 
happens. Yeah. Like, nobody cares. Or it sinks or what? I don't think so. I think it was just I hijacked a cruise ship. You know, the fastest form yeah. of transport known to man. That'll be very cinematic. All I know, it's like, yeah, it's like Willem Dafoe playing the Steven Seagal role. Or no, the Tommy Lee Jones role from Under Siege. That was kind of how I looked at it. it didn't, I mean, it just didn't need to happen at all. Not even a yeah. little bit. Uh, but the, I like that the... The, the sequel title, the full title was Speed 2 Cruise Control. Speed 2 Cruise Control. It's like, so you know exactly what's going on. What are they doing? So oh, they're on a cruise. We don't even have to try. We're just going to take our hands off the wheel and this movie's going to do whatever it does. Yeah. Right. It, Basically. It, speed 2 Autopilot. <laughs> yeah. Right. We're going to take, take the 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 half useless damsel in distress from the first movie and make her the half useless damsel in distress in this movie but the hero isn't returning because even Keanu Reeves has more integrity than this <laughs> exactly. and we'll just we'll just plug in another dude who oh that's right we they didn't get Keanu things. for this no i think yeah. he was he it, was it touring. should have ended with a game show called pop quiz hot shot yeah <laughs> pop quiz asshole you have a hair trigger aimed at your head what do you do what do you do? I think he was touring with Dogstar and just thought that was a better use of his time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I want to I wanna see if we can all come up with an idea for Fight Club 2, Fight Clubbier. <laughs> mine uh, mine is in, in which I Am Jack's web forum spreads the anarchy nationwide. Um, okay. That's about all I got. And, it, and the movie okay. has to start with the first rule of Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club. That has to be the first line. Oh, yeah. Except that everybody's talking about it online because, <laughs> exactly, man, the exactly, fucking Fight Club. Exactly. It's gone viral. Uh, I mean, that building blew up and, man, shit just took off. But, like, if you did that, what would... Like, they did the Pixies song at the end, Where's My Mind? And it's iconic now. Like, everybody knows it. Like, what would you do to round out Fight Club 2, Fight Club here? I'd get, because you know what? The Pixies will do anything for cash now, too, that they're doing commercials. <laughs> that's true. So that's true. I'll get, I'll get them to record, here is my mind. <laughs> <laughs> that will make sense. Oh. No, better yet, because, because of the, the pending tour that's going out, what you do is you get that song together with Black Francis, and then you have Weezer do the recording. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. for those who listened to our earlier music <laughs> podcast, Chris spent a lot of time bagging on Weezer yeah. and, and liking the Pixies, and they're on tour together now. <laughs> Here's my idea for a sequel. Fight Club 2, Fight Club here. Go. Yeah. Okay. Go. Uh, no, no, I got a different title, though, because okay. in this one, uh, 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 Edward Norton's sister, played by uh, Kristen Wiig, uh, meets, <laughs> meets, meets Michelle Rodriguez, and they form a catfight club. And so it's the same movie, only with women. Okay. So it's, so it's basically <laughs> like the same person? Yeah. So it's basically like what they did with Ghostbusters, is what you're saying? If we want to get really shallow about it, <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. The Kristen Wiig connection. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah, Paul, yeah, yeah. Paul Feig's Fight Club. Yeah, there you go. That's that. I like it. I like it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, fu- I'm gonna give you a hundred million dollars to go make that, sir. Do it. Oh no, but no, no. So it's Kristen Wiig and, Mich- and Michelle McCartney, right? Like, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, but not a comedy. So maybe McCartney. not Kristen Wiig. Maybe we we get like a an actress actress. I just want to see Melissa McCartney beat the shit out of Kristen Wiig. <laughs> That's all I'm really going for. Yeah, now. I think so. <laughs> Let me just say, Ghost that that Ghostbusters reboot. Uh, I didn't watch all of it because it's horrible, and I will only say it was not horrible because it was women replacing men. It was horrible for so many more reasons. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't have any problem with women in the leads. I just had a problem no, with none. lazy scripting. That was the yeah, problem. Yeah, and not funny jokes. Yeah. I mean, there was nothing funny about it. It was. It was very tired. And who gives a shit? I still think it was better than Ghostbusters too. But that's not <laughs> saying much. Yeah, but that, I mean, much. where's the bar? I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah the bar is very, <laughs> very low. It was better for not having been written by Dan Aykroyd. Yes. I will say that. Okay. Well, there were some bits that Dan Aykroyd clearly shoved into it, and they they landed with the turd-like thud yeah. that you would expect. Well, yeah. and, and here's another tie-in for our topic du jour, is that remember that Dan Aykroyd took over the Bill Murray character type in uh, Caddyshack 2. Uh, mm. So... 
Yeah. That's the pedigree that you're dealing with. Uh, Poor Dan, oh, Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. Which also oh reminds me that I would, I would love to see a sequel to Nothing But Trouble. How's that? I have a feeling like uh, all of Dan. Uh, I have a feeling all of Dan Aykroyd's life, right up until 1980, Jim Belushi was standing beside him, going, "Be funnier, be funnier, <laughs> exactly. be funnier," and it like worked yeah. right until he wasn't there. Yeah. And then he said, "Oh, where's where's John? Oh shit, I'm gonna go do Doctor Detroit." Yeah. No. And then they went and made Neighbors, and then it all went to shit. Neighbors was awesome. I like it. I like it. I would love to see a sequel to that where you could get the digital recreation of Jim Belushi (laughs) or John Belushi. Sorry. Yeah. That was a faux pas. But get uh, Belushi back in the like Forrest Gump form uh, and just insert him (laughs) in his shit and just do some crazy, crazy cul-de-sac adventure. I would pay money for that. (laughs) Neighbors too, but not the, not the, uh, the new one with, uh, What's his face from... Uh, oh, the yeah. Seth Rogen. Yeah, yeah, not the that Zac one. The Efron thing. Yeah, no, not that. So, another sequel, and in retrospect, this should have been made, but at the time, it seemed like a good idea. We have to say the Matrix sequels. They're I rebooting really that. I hate those. Killed. That's coming back. I'm not sure if it's a reboot or a continuation or a... Who cares? They're, they're going to make up some bullshit, but the, yeah, it didn't need to continue. Yeah. Who cares? No, what they should do... It's just the remainder of a sum of an equation of a figment <laughs> of a bunch of bullshit. Who cares? Yeah. What they should... What they really should, should make as a sequel, and you would have to rejigger it because the movie's 30-some-odd years old now, but it needs to be made, and I don't care if it's called a reboot, remake, whatever, but they need to sit down and, and seriously make Buckaroo Banzai against the World Crime League. That mm-hmm. needs to be made. There have been yeah. more than one attempt to do that. <laughs> yeah, but it God, will get yeah, made. Yeah. <laughs> what I would love is if they made that. Okay, they make it now, and obviously they recast it because they have to. Yeah. And yeah. they treat the first one as the film version of the actual Buckaroo Banzai. <laughs> it's exactly. And this yeah. is Buckaroo <laughs> Good, Good call. That's like yeah, somebody who... with that. Yeah, that sounds like somebody who went to screenwriting college right there. You're there on you it, go. sir. <laughs> <laughs> but All i was right. also thinking of another good one and and it never got made uh only because the movie was initially uh considered a failure but i would have loved to have seen a sequel to big trouble in little china big trouble in little china we got big I would have loved to see a continuance of Jack Burton. Yeah. This this was actually one where I was gonna go with this is one they shouldn't make. Yeah. Should not like, make? We don't they should not make a sequel to Big Trouble in Little China. They shouldn't make, you know, whatever, even more trouble in Japantown or what no. Like you can no. <laughs> Showdown in Little Tokyo? No, that's a different yeah, movie. Well, uh, so Jack Burton, I mean, the gag, of course, is that Jack Burton is the sidekick. Yeah. And he doesn't know it. Yeah, but you could do something else with that uh, and make it funny. Uh, yeah, I suppose you could put him into just about any movie, yeah, right? But they they did a, a comic book series that was a follow up to the movie, uh, where he goes back to Chinatown and there's some other shit involved, and it's not very good. I don't, I didn't like it, but I think it's got potential. So I, I kind of wish it, at some point we could have seen it, but it's never going to happen now, not in any way, shape, or form. That's one of those movies as perfect as it is. Yeah, I think they got everything out of the original that they could possibly get out of that concept. I don't know. I, I'm still hopeful. This makes me think about, so here's a movie that I think was, was a perfect, you know, perfect movie, hermetically sealed, don't make a sequel, and they did make sequels, and it almost worked. And that Back to the Future 2 is great. And then they completely shit the bed. And Back to the Future 3 sucks. But really, just, they could have left it alone. Back to the Future was a great, classic, leave-it-alone movie. Yeah, but the problem with that is that Zemeckis is such a a tinkerer, and he loves to try try out those new toys. And I think he had all that shit developed to do Back to the Future 2, and that was part of the production deal, was that he got a, a double budget, and he said, well, we'll make another one so that you can make all your money back. And that was the only but reason that clearly, that happened. Like, they clearly didn't have enough gas. And, and this happens... Okay, actually, Matrix and Back to the Future are both examples of this. When they do the back-to-back sequels. 
Yeah. What inevitably happens is all of the good ideas end up in the second one, and the second one is a little chaotic and in need of better editing because they were too busy to finish it while they were also in production on the third one. Yeah. It's, it definitely has its flaws, and I don't particularly care. I don't even like the third one, and the second one hasn't really grown no. on me. Uh, mm-hmm. It's hard to watch. I like the second, and one. even the first one. It's it's a good nostalgia trip, but it's it. I guess I think I've seen it so many times now that I just I don't I don't really care. This is really the problem with sequels, though, is that we keep talking about it in terms of does it need to happen for story, but we know they happen because of money. Yeah. And when that first one came out, it was you know the biggest thing in town, and it had a built-in sequel on the end of it. So they were yeah. completely free to go make another one. Yeah. If it bombed, who cares? We don't see it anymore. But it was huge, and it had this uh, universal adapter for some sequel in the future. They had to do it for money. They just didn't do anything interesting with it. And then to to put the third part in the West made it like yeah. even less interesting. It was just dumb. So actually, I thought that what they did with Back to the Future 2 was interesting in that I did not expect them to start intersecting with and screwing with the first movie the way they did. Um, I thought they were yeah. just going to go to the future. Uh, the Western just seems very much like I'm a filmmaker and I want to make a Western. Yeah. I think it would have been it would have been better if they had gone like multiple timelines. Well, if they had gone the route of like Time Rider, The Adventures of Lyle Swan, which is the <laughs> the dirt bike guy goes back back in time because he gets caught in the the whatever the, the the zone where they're testing the equipment and he's riding a dirt bike in the old West and everybody's freaking out. But the <laughs> the big spoiler for that one is the and the big joke is that he winds up being his own grandpa. <laughs> Because he goes back in time and then actually has sex with a woman, and it turns out that that's his grandmother. Uh, so it's that uh-huh. old joke. I think if they had done that for Back to the Future, I think that would have made it much funnier. Because they went so dark I, in the second one, and they could have just gone so much weirder in the third, and they played it so <laughs> safe. The, when In the end of the third one, when he's on the train with his uh, wife and his two sons, Jules and Vern, that made me think, mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> that's what they missed. They should have done a whole steampunk thing where yeah. uh, Doc Brown went to the past, developed all this crazy Wild Wild West shit at, with steam power, and then <laughs> do the West, but yeah. do it you know in a crazy... Well, they couldn't have afforded well, to do no, that. Steampunk was so why not? But why not have the why not have the future timeline invade the West timeline, invade the fifties, and and have all of that shit just mash up? Because it's a like, safe, it's, it's a there. safe studio movie. That's why. Yeah, and it was like nineteen ninety, and everyone was dumb. Well, it it the, makes the whole thing with Back to the Future Two was the idea of multiple Martys in the same time frame. So why not go there? Why not have <laughs> future Marties. Marty and future Griff and fifties Marty and whatever all like having? I don't know, Rick. This cooler. sounds dangerous to me. It's just Marty's killing Marty's. Uh. What happened? Same old story. Marty's killing Marty's. <laughs> don't worry about it, Marty. Of all the Marty's, you're the Mortiest. Uh. <laughs> well, it puts me in a mind for uh, it got me <laughs> talking about talking about Zemeckis. They they actually I pulled this one up today and it blew my mind. They actually were thinking about doing a sequel to Roger Rabbit as well. Oh and was, yeah, and it was called it was like Roger Rabbit to Toon Platoon, and the the idea actually struck me as actually pretty cool. Uh, I don't know how they would have pulled it off, but basically. Uh, the script would have seen Roger Rabbit as a soldier in a cartoon war fighting alongside a squadron of classic animated characters. So you would get all of like those wacky anti-Nazi propaganda type things you, maybe you could throw in there. <laughs> I thought that sounded really cool, but Bob Hoskins apparently expressed his disapproval and didn't want to do it. And so they just said, ah, oh, fuck, fuck him. Well, you don't good. need him. I would actually dig it if they did something like uh, The Dirty Dozen. With exactly. All those characters. In cartoon form. Yeah. Yeah. Eleven. Oh, and seven. Twelve. Wattislaw and the Major go down to Dell. And where is Donald Duck? Donald Duck's down at the crossroads with a machine gun. He'd better not be asleep or we'll all be in trouble, huh? I, I remember when uh, Dead Again, the, the, the uh, Kenneth Branagh movie Dead Again came out, and I was working at the video store, and people asked me, what's that? I told them it was the sequel to John Huston's The Dead. <laughs> I'm not sure if that that's fits a, in this conversation. That's a little, but. that's a little highbrow, but we'll take it. <laughs> well, one, well, one for that would never ever work. Uh, well, there's two, and they're both from Christopher Nolan. But I thought, how stupid it would be to do a sequel to either Memento or Inception. 
and you know that the somebody mentor, out there absolutely not yeah but you know someone out there would be thinking about a way to do that yeah and it's like come on no and then also like groundhog the, groundhog day two wouldn't work either i was thinking about that groundhog day two thing yeah the main character of uh uh uh, memento is the structure so yeah it's like if you're gonna do a sequel do you use the same structure or do you find some you can't really redo the structure well or do you do it no. like they did with uh with donnie darko and you just make it about a, a tangential character then it's loosely related because in that one it's called s darko and it's about his little sister i guess yeah it's like they come it's just no yeah, leave it alone yeah stop, stop it stop yeah. stop um and if you do a sequel to Inception, then that that requires you to make a stand on whether or not the whole first film really <laughs> yeah, happened really, or really. not, and that ruins the whole first film. Well, no, that that's exactly how you make the yeah. make the the sequel to Inception. You just pull one layer out, and yeah, you retcon the whole movie. Yeah, Fuck it. yeah, that'll be that'll be in the reboot in fifteen or twenty years. How's that? Reinception. <laughs> Reinception. Reception. Mis misinception. <laughs> Reception. Reception. Uh, but one last one that I always, uh, wanted to see, and it hasn't happened yet, and it probably won't because, uh, of other things in this actress's life, but I always wanted to see the follow-up that they were talking about for Leon, the professional where Matilda is a grown woman and, uh, basically doing her assassin thing. And then like a whole new story related to that, Mm. I thought would be an interesting thing to to kind of revisit. And for that movie, I always wanted that to be the story of Matilda, the child becoming like a child assassin. Not that too, that too, that would work. A 12 year old who like walks up to gangsters who have no idea what's (laughs) about to happen. And then she just hit girls her. And I think that's really what hit girl is based on. It could be. I, I would see similarities there. But the the problem is you wouldn't have uh, Gary Oldman, who's probably the best <laughs> best villain uh, to to have, because you just choose so much scenery. But I will I will literally turn on that movie and fast forward to the scene at the end where he's like, "Bring me everyone." What do you mean, everyone? Everyone. <laughs> it's so over the top, stupid, and you would just oh, not God. have that. that. That everyone. There's a. So, at my work, we have a little server that when we're pushing code, we'll just show random animated GIFs, and someone has a GIF of him yelling everyone, except that his eyes have been replaced with copies of his mouth, so he's got, like, this <laughs> everyone with his eyes in his mouth. That's Ew. awesome. Up. That is awesome. Uh, well, any others that you can think of uh, at this stage? Like, Red no, Dawn wouldn't, Red Dawn wouldn't work. Uh, I'll just say that now. Um, Which one? Just as a sequel. There, there's no way they could do Red uh, Dawn. Because they tried to build a sequel into the reboot, mm. but of course it was so like shit awful that yeah. there was no point. Okay. Um, yeah. Well then. So on a- I don't think you can remake Blade Runner. I, I think I've made that abundant. <laughs> <of movies. laughs> yeah. Who, who uh, would make a sequel to Blade Runner? What kind of fuck what would do that? Good lord. Uh, and then yeah. uh and then Top Gun. Uh, I wanted to leave that as the uh, end of the the shouldn't happen cuz they are doing yeah. it and yeah. I don't know what they're going to call it though. Like Topper Gun? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel the, the need the, for prunes. The, the I, uh, Top Gun 2, the top gunniest, I think would work. <laughs> I want to see that. Um so that's all of the the bullshit sequel related stuff, but I wanted to end on a high note because we seldom do that, uh, and I wanted to ask you and just and this is just straight up opinion. There's no need to qualify it any way, shape, or form. But what do you consider to be the best sequel? Ah, uh, aliens. I wish I'd have prepared for this. Uh, <laughs> aliens. Okay, I would I would say that's a good one. Lethal Weapon Two. I knew you would say that. I knew it. Uh, I was going to pick Gremlins 2 because I just enjoy the shit out of that one. I would only say Lethal Weapon 2 because of the degree to which it surpasses the original. Yeah. And that's something to consider. Like, I think Aliens does the same thing, in in my opinion. Like, Godfather 2, I think, is a better film than Lethal Weapon 2, but Godfather 2 <laughs> isn't better than Godfather 1. Yeah, except when you get Pacino doing the Three Stooges, like, whoop, 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 nah, 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 <laughs> before he kills somebody. I think that's that's probably the only good highlight. Um, but yeah, I would agree with all of those choices. Uh, Gremlins 2, just because it's 
it's just so oh i'm fucking I'm always weird. down for gremlins too <laughs> and it always reminds but, me of yeah. the, the key and peel sketch where they do the <laughs> the story session for gremlins too have you seen it no I guess we oh my God, look it up online. Basically, uh, Jordan Peele comes in as this crazy script doctor that the studio has hired, and they're doing like the story pitch session for how to do Gremlins 2. And they're basically going the, the total safe route uh, and just doing a recut of the first movie. And then he comes in and just starts spouting off all this weird bullshit. He's like, oh, you? Tell me, what kind of gremlin do you want to see? And he's like, I don't know, an electric gremlin. Oh, electric gremlin. Comes out the phone. Someone's in the water. Shocks him dead. Next gremlin. <laughs> what about a uh, spider gremlin? You mean a gremlin with eight legs and a thorax just catching pretty ladies in a web in an office building? Oh, my God. It's in the movie. I love it. Next. What about a bat gremlin? You mean a gremlin with leathery wings just flying around, flip-flopping, bust through a wall, make a perfect bat symbol in the wall, get outside, get in some wet concrete, jump up on a building that's just dry in place like a gargoyle gremlin. We are cooking with gas now. I love it. It's in the movie, man. And they go through this whole list of stuff. It's so funny. Uh, we'll, I'll, I'll find the clip. We'll put a little bit in there so you can all hear it. And that'll be we the... We can probably cut out the last minute you've been talking and just put the clip. <laughs> hey, i think so and that hasn't happened yet that civilized no clearly not fun but in no sense civilized <laughs> exactly yes. all right so nothing further to add about uh all these deuces we've been talking about today yeah they're they're doing heathers as a sequel shut up about yeah, that that's, that's i'm just that's ignoring the that. reboot thing they're doing top that. gun as a sequel they did a sequel to independence day there's no shortage of shit shit uh, shit sequels yeah. so you can't blame us for coming up with our own shit 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 sequels that's all <laughs> i have to say so i'm gonna go now and uh, work up my treatment for regarding henry too and uh mm. we'll see you next week Oh, oh, I, I want to, I, this, this may be off color, but what about, okay, here's, okay, this is going to sound weird. A sequel to Schindler's List. <laughs> yeah, that we, on there. Yeah. Where we follow the people he forgot to put on the list. <laughs> and now they're just pissed off and they're like hiding in like cellars and uh, junk. Going, that motherfucker, I brought him coffee. I brought him coffee. And, 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 and he even said, thank you. He looked right the fuck at me. Couldn't put me on the list. Couldn't put me on the list. And here's your, here's your title, sir. Uh-huh. Schindler's <laughs> List. <laughs> or Schindler's Shit List. Schindler's Shit List. Or- Schindler's rewrites? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's some Schindler's there. lost. That that makes me think of. Uh, I also thought if they did uh, a sequel to the Sixth Sense, you would have to call it the Seventh Sense. Yeah, and I don't know how you would do that. So I'm just spitballing here. I've run out of ideas. Ooh, just like all we've gone to a music and done an outro by now. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, but the sequel will be about how Helen Keller was a psychic, so you can call it the fourth sense. <laughs> this is where we just start fading out to the music. <laughs> uh. Well, there you have it. Episode 25. All about sequels. All about fun. And Mary the Twain shall meet. I don't know what that means, but anyway, we appreciate you stopping by. Hope you had fun. And, uh, you know, get cracking on some of them sequels there, kids. Uh, we really want to see Fight Club 2 happen. Cat Fight Club, as Eric put it. Uh, oh, so bad. So, yeah, until next time, uh, check us out on all the uh, various platforms of podcasting. We're on iTunes, we're on SoundCloud, we're on Stitcher, and everywhere else. We're also on Facebook, we're on Twitter. Uh, we have our email uh, huge at gmail.com so until next time we uh, hope you like the show and uh, well we'll get you on the flip side the flippy flappy the lippy lappa lappa alright later <laughs> <laughs>